There's still some more about this debate I need to get off my chest. I'm, I'm still thinking about this, and I don't know if this will represent a major turning point in the election. But playing back clips of it, there's still bits of this I think we need to talk about. And I want to bring you back to now the most infamous moment of the debate, the moment when Trump blew the softest of softballs. You have repeatedly we- criticized the the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland? Are you prepared to to specifically... Sure, I'm willing to do that is not actually an answer. Not when it's an important question like this, one that has seemed to plague his campaign. You remember they used to come after Obama all the time because he wouldn't say radical Islam. He wouldn't say radical Islam. Well, this is Trump's version of that. And this was his moment. This was a softball. And this isn't enough. cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing. Not from the right so wing. So what are you? What are you? Look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right like me to condemn? White proud supremacists boys. and right proud, proud boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. He blew it, and I I appreciate that he's trying to divert the conversation from becoming all of these protests have been right wing protesters because. I find that disgusting as someone who has watched what's been going on. There's right wing is the furthest from what I would describe the people that set up Chaz. But he blew this. This was a softball. This is his moment to knock a question out of the park. It's so easy. He won't say it. He won't say it. So just say it. And I remember I remember afterwards thinking it didn't seem like his best moment, but it didn't really stick with me. Well, I guess the opposite is, is it, but it, the more it stuck with me, the longer it stuck with me, the more I feel like he just failed here so badly uh, in a way that uh, is just almost a dereliction of duty. And I'm not the only one who's noticed this. When the Find People hoax came up again. So this is Scott Adams, who has, the, the author of Dilbert, who has been one of the Internet's biggest Trump supporters. And, um... Well, I think he's lost the faith. I literally stood up from the couch and said, here it is. Here's the moment where Trump just, ha- just has to say, you know, you, you base your entire campaign on that lie. I just encourage everybody to look at the transcript, and you'll see that the part that they cut out is the part where I clarified that I'm condemning those groups. If he had said that, I would have said, I'm really happy that I've spent so much of my time and my personal credibility, um, a great deal of money. I would say that my personal financial situation is way worse, way worse, because of supporting the president. There's no question about that. And I thought, it's so obvious what you should say in this situation. And then he just didn't. And I thought to myself, I really feel abused, honestly. I, w- I was actually, I took it personally. That, that wasn't politics anymore. 
That was not politics anymore. That was me personally, and I feel like he screwed me personally. <laughs> See, it's one thing if Rachel Meadows says it, right? It's a whole other thing when one of Trump's biggest defenders and they make mistakes. You, you got you got personal. You see, you got involved in the game, Scott. You may, that was your first mistake. You should have just sat back and watched the freak show, but instead you decided to be part of the freak show. And he goes on. I mean, he's clearly something shifted for old Scott Adams here. And then I had to sit there stewing in that. And then this this white uh, nationalist or the, the white supremacist question comes up, and he botched it. It was a layup. It was free money sitting on the fucking table, and he left it there. And he left me on that table, too. He left me just exposed. So he lost my vote. He lost my vote. Can he get it back? Yeah, all he'd have to do is fix that. I mean, how hard is it to fix it? Well, apparently it's pretty fucking hard for him because he's taken three years since, since Charlottesville, and he hasn't fucking fixed it yet. Easiest fucking thing he'd ever fix. <laughs> I had to just let it go because he's just so clearly shifted. He everything you know, everything has shifted for him. But it really was, I think, a mis- the biggest mistake on Trump's part was that moment right there. But then, but then he also set the bar too low for Biden. We'll come back to why I think it was a bigger mistake than just the fact that he's taking hits today. And still, after the debate, that's common. You know, something comes up about Trump. He called military members losers or he said X, Y, Z about Mattis. Right. That that plays for days. But it's bigger than that. It, it, it is more than just a bad PR. We'll come back to it, though, because I want to take a side tangent because one of the, it's notable. Right. When these guys who have been big supporters of his start to lose the faith, then we really got ourselves a data point here. And I think Trump blew it in another way. Before the debate even began, I think he started to blow it. And that was in setting the expectation that Joe would forget who he was and completely lose his mind. He set the bar. And and I think maybe Trump believed it. It was part of Trump's strategy to go in there like an animal and just attack, attack, attack. There is an actual debate strategy that, that goes that has like a stupid, ridiculous name. And he blew it because Joe didn't crack. And I think a lot of people watched that debate and went, phew, Joe made it. And Trump sort of set the bar low. So the fact that Joe did pretty okay, he did fine, is a success. But as a political matter, the main thing we learned last night is that it was a mistake to spend so much time focusing on Joe Biden's mental decline. Uh Uh-oh, even Cucker Tuckerson's losing the faith. Yes, it's real. Yes, Joe Biden is fading. We've showed you dozens examples of it for months now. But on stage last night, Biden did not seem senile. If you tuned in expecting him to forget his own name, and honestly, we did expect that, you may have been surprised by how precise some of his answers were. Not all of them, but enough of them. Trump isn't going to win this race by calling Joe Biden senile. Nor, by the way, is Joe Biden going to win this race by calling Donald Trump a racist, as he repeatedly did last night. That slander didn't work four years ago. It will not work now because personal attacks rarely work. They rarely determine election outcomes. So I've been trying to figure out why have I felt so gross after watching the debate? What, 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 what happened? I mean, it wasn't just watching two old men yell at each other and realizing that I could care less about voting for either one of them. It wasn't that. Because that's a similar situation to 2016, to be honest with you. 
It's becoming my new normal. I think what I witnessed is perhaps the ultimate indictment I can think of for a Trump presidency. And that is that Trump seems to be willing to just turn the entire country against each other. There's no sophisticated politics at play where the campaign attempts to appeal to all sides, right? Why won't, why won't Biden say if he's going to pack the court? Because the Biden campaign knows that 70% of Americans hate that idea. So they don't want to upset them. They know how to play the game. It's a, it's a type of traditional politics that they know how to play. Trump's philosophy is really more self-centered. And I think the optimistic view was, well, if he's such a narcissist, then he's going to want to just be the best president ever. So that way he can say he was the best president ever and he'll make good decisions. But I think that's naivety. I think the reality is his extreme narcissistic characteristics make it so that he's so defensive. He's such an attack dog that he doesn't consider the larger ramifications of what happens when his office changes or breaks those norms. One or two norms here and there doesn't make a big difference. In fact, I'd even say some norms should be broken. But over time, the evisceration of different aspects of what makes the office the office lead to not only a complete distrust in institutions in the public, but this heavy partisan fighting that we're seeing. And it seems to me that when you have all of the problems that we have right now, the last thing that we need is somebody even kind of fanning the flames of civil war. And I used to roll my eyes at people that said civil war was coming. I thought, geez, what a bunch of hyperbole. What a drama queen. And now I look out there and I think, shit, we could be headed towards a civil war. I mean, it's, it's, it's dangerous, something we're flirting with. And I had a chance to listen to George or Dan, yeah, the Carlins always get me, Dan Carlin's Common Sense, episode 320. I'll link to the episode in the show notes. I don't have a lot of links because this is just me processing out loud with you right now. But I'll link to this. And I think it's worth a listen if you have time because it helped clarify thoughts I have around this. Dan does that a lot. Uh, with his common sense podcast, it even if I don't always one hundred percent agree, it helps put thoughts into words, and I think he kind of nailed it here in episode three twenty. And I'll play the moment that I think made me realize why I am struggling so much with what I witnessed in that debate. Because when you have a triage list of national problems, there's one thing that jumps right to the top of the list if it's even a question that's in play: a civil war. So and, and anybody who justifies flirting with this line as sort of a, well, this is the art of the deal, Dan. This is Trump, uh, you know, and he's going to pull back from this negotiating position, but he scared everybody into concessions. I mean, folks, flirting with a civil war is like flirting with a bullet to the heart, right? And you can argue all day long about, hey, Trump's, Trump's fixing this patient's long-neglected broken leg, and look at that wonderful job. Nobody could have done it better, but if, if, if bullet to the heart is on the triage list, doesn't matter what other things you accomplish. You negate every good thing you want to claim the president's done if the guy gets us into a civil war. And he's the only guy I've ever seen running this country steering into it. Well, I know one thing for certain. We need a people's history more than ever right now. So thank you to our patrons, or to my patrons. Patreon.com slash unfilter. 
for making this possible. And I think that's all for the debate, on at least for this debate. Of course, there is the one on Tuesday, the vice presidential debate. But I don't imagine, I don't imagine that's going to make quite the impact that this one did. All right. I said I'd see you next week last time. But then it was a couple days later and I had to get this off my chest. So who knows? But I do know you'll see me soon. I'm so sorry. 2020 is a raging hellscape. Any ideas on how to stop a worldwide plague? We should be providing people the help they need. He knew back in February it was a deadly disease. What did he do? He's on tape acknowledging he knew. Really? He waited and waited and waited. And he didn't even tell you. President Trump did a phenomenal job. People said that. Well, we got the gowns, we made the ventilators, we got the masks. I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. The biggest mask I've ever seen. The biggest mask I've ever seen. Will we ever get back all the jobs we lost? Or should we set up 11 million Etsy shops? My economic plan would create $1 trillion in economic growth. He has no intention of making it better for you all at home. I brought back football. It was me, me. What? Big Ten football, and I'm very happy. Who's it going to be? They want to take out the cows, the cows. In the West Wing. Now, here's the deal. He has no idea what he's talking about. We're living in the apocalypse. I'm begging you to put a stop to this pretty please. He said he could eject some bleach. They cheat. If the Supreme Court is truly supreme, where's the guac, ground beef, and sour cream? The American people have a right to say, who's the Supreme Court nominee? Her biggest inducer by from Notre Dame. We have a phenomenal nominee. I ran out of questions, but still got a while. It's time to drop some bars. Let's see how you freestyle. In Europe, they live there, forest cities. They're called forest cities. It's a forest city. You know, he talks about the art of the deal. China's perfected the art of the steel. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things. He's just afraid. Stand back and stand by. He said there were very fine people on both sides. He said maybe we should drop a nuclear weapon on hurricanes. The cars have computers all over the place. Who's it going to be? They want to take out the cows. The cows. In the West Wing. Now, here's the deal. He has no idea what he's talking about. We're living in the apocalypse. I'm begging you to put a stop to this pretty please. Keep yapping, man. The people understand. He doesn't have a plan. Exploding trees, COVID-19, hurricanes with names past the letter Z. Conspiracy theories about vaccines. Murder hornets coming from across the sea. Too many memes about World War III. Can't tell what's hell or reality. Earthquakes ruining my whole week. Cause I dropped my keys in the crack between that cup holder and my car seat. <gasps> Who's it gonna be? They wanna take out the cows, the cows, and the West Wing. Now here's the deal. He has no idea what he's talking about. We're living in the apocalypse. I'm begging you to put a stop to this pretty please. He said he could eject some bleach. They cheat. Who's it gonna be? That was really a pr- productive segment, wasn't it? <laughs> Keep yapping, man.